You know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Drunk or Delirious. We are your hosts, Emily and Hannah. Hey, you guys. We have another special guest this week. Um, It's my friend Connor. We work together over in Pittsburgh, and he's been listening to our podcast and agreed to come on. Welcome, Connor. Thank you so much. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. This is like really crazy. Like I was saying, just fangirling over here. (laughs) I love that we have fans. I, <laughs> I know. I'm like, ooh, our 800 followers. <laughs> Moving up in the world, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. We're so happy that you're here. Yes. Want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and all that good stuff? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I grew up in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, like 25 minutes south of the city, went to college, did my four-year like bachelor of nursing degree here in Pittsburgh. Um, while I was at school, Where'd I you went, go? went to Duquesne University, um, nice. Catholic school. If you can't tell by my voice and just how I am, I am very gay. And um, it was an interesting experience going to a Catholic college, but, you know, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was cool. Um, my nursing school is fine. You know, I've, there are problems everywhere. But um, yeah, during school, I worked on a stroke and dementia floor by oh. like at a, my local hospital. Um, so I dealt with a lot of that for about a year and a half. And then um, when COVID happened, our team took over COVID. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I switched fully from like stroke and dementia to like being in isolation. I was literally partying for St. Patrick's Day, 2020 mm-hmm. era. I and then literally like a week later, I was gowned up in isolation, oh, like working with the patients. So I dealt with like, school was great, but I got a lot of supplemental like knowledge from like my mm-hmm. friends at that hospital and that mm-hmm. unit working with those different pa- patient populations. Um, my school didn't have like a practicum or whatever, like where you yeah. do your last semester, um, like on the unit you're going to be working on, which was kind of really stupid. Um, so all of us were scrambling going into like during junior year to get an internship because there's in Pittsburgh, McKenna knows, um, we have really like two big healthcare systems, um, that like all of us work for. So we were all applying to different ones. I applied to the health network that me and Hannah worked at. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the internship, you applied hospital-based. So I chose the hospital where our NICU is and then like a random one. Um, I got into both. I chose the one that I wanted, which was that hospital. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And oh. then they place you. So you have no idea where you're going to be. I just said at the time, I was like, oh, I've just been working with all these crazy old people. Um, so I am I would love to do maybe like rehab or like ortho or something like that. And they're like, okay. And then they said, we'll let you know in like three months where you're going to be. And then they said, like, Nick you. And I said, oh, okay. And because you, of COVID, oh my God. it was only six That's weeks. crazy. Yeah. So yeah. you didn't even so choose to be a NICU weeks. nurse. No, I literally did my internship. Um, I was on the like the stable kid side for my six. Like it was six weeks, so it wasn't like okay. super long. But um, so I was only ever in that one hallway. Like our our NICU is like divided up into like four crazy hallways. But um, <laughs> our hallway was like the chill feeder growers. So I did that, and I really liked it. Um, so then I hounded the, my nurse recruiter for about six months. I was like stalking this woman being like, when can I interview? 
when can I interview? I have to come back. I got a little taste. I need to come back. I'm over old people. And That's uh, so no cute. Old people. But um, yeah, so then I uh, came back with a vengeance uh, <laughs> last summer and I've been loving every day since. So cute. I think oh, you answered all of our questions. So oh, thanks for coming on. Oh. <laughs> I, I was totally kidding. Sorry. Um, you know I went to Duquesne too, right? No, I don't think I knew that. Yep. 2016, wow. baby. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I was like right on the heels of you. When did I, you start? I, I came in fall 2017. Okay. So like a year after you left, but yeah. Okay. Crazy. Okay. What did you think of your time at Duquesne? And not to like... I liked it. I did like it. Yeah. Um, I'm used to Catholic school. I I'm a Catholic school girl my entire life. I I don't know why I I was I could have I could have broken free, but instead I was like, well, it's like home. (laughs) But I liked it. I mean, I thought the nursing program, like obviously, like you said, it has its problems, wasn't perfect. Um, hated that they didn't have that preceptorship thing. Or yeah. or whatever. That was dumb. But I did this like I did the similar thing that you did, like got an internship between junior and senior year, but I went to mm-hmm. McGee. Oh, okay. Um, did you do I, their NICU? I did like it was kind of like the women's health internship. So it was three weeks labor and delivery, three weeks antepartum, three weeks postpartum, and three weeks NICU. Oh wow. Yeah. And I then I was like you, people who did that. What'd you say? I think I like a few people I went to school with did, did that internship. I loved it. I thought I was going to oh. be a postpartum nurse and I became a tech there my senior year. Um, mm-hmm. But then I don't know, something, something in me said, Nick, you, I knew nothing about the other healthcare system. And I just like happened to go to a, like a nursing open house kind of thing there. And I reconnected with like the manager that worked at the one hospital ended up switching mm-hmm. to the other hospital. And I was like, I know you from my internship. And then she was like, come up to the NICU. And then that's how I ended up there. That's amazing. Was yeah. it the old NICU manager? Um, like, old, old. Like you wouldn't have known her. She left before I left the first time. Okay. Because I was like, <laughs> when I did my internship, we had this one manager, M. She was like the big NICU one. And it was my first day and I had my water. I didn't even go into like the big, like six bed little areas. Um, We call them pods, like rooms of six kids. And um, (laughs) she, I was, I I was just carrying my stuff and she screamed at me that I had my water. And then I didn't talk to this woman. Yeah. I didn't talk to this woman again. I hid every time she was around. So as the manager I have now, she's like super nice. And it's such a juxtaposition to how the old Nikki manager was that I'm just like, this is weird. Yeah. She is really nice. It's like far and few between to find like someone that, yeah, is super nice. There's not a lot of drama going on with them. And like, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just the nature of like it. I know I couldn't do it though. It's yeah, like oh, no. way too stressful because everyone hates you. Even if you're good, they're like, pay me more. And it's like, I can't do anything about this. This is out of my hands, you know? Yeah. yeah. Everyone has a problem, like no matter what you do. Like mm-hmm. our manager, this is probably five or six months ago. She was joking with me. And I was, I'm fresh, but I was like fresh, fresh <laughs> at the time. And I, I had like, it was, I was probably off orientation for maybe a month or so. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, the, I had these kids or whatever. They're fine. And she's like, oh, my God, Connor, you're doing so great. Like, maybe she implied for, like, two weeks that she was like, maybe you should be a manager someday. And I was like, I'd rather kill myself. <laughs> like, I, that does not sound appealing to me in the slightest. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's no, not for me either. No. No. Oh my gosh. Just like because I mean, even being like a charge nurse, like you have to go talk to those crazy parents. <laughs> like the parents that are, I don't know, just making out in the room or like doing all the inappropriate things, being bitches to nurses, or like then you have to go talk to the nurses that are being bitches to yeah. each other. And I'm like, I have nothing I want nothing to do with this. No. Like, you're like so it's Agreed. so much conflict resolution, and I'm like, no, no. 
We're all adults yeah. here. Like, let's fucking figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've noticed too that the NICU nurses who have been there for like 30 years, like they have certain things that they liked or something might have changed and they like hold it over my manager's head. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of like this. Like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, they're so outspoken. And I, yeah. it's funny to watch. It's, it's funny to watch because I'm like, I would not have the gall to do that. They're no. so resistant to change. Like, yes. it's it's wild. And you're just like, I mean, what do you, you don't want this co- like profession to evolve in 30 years. Right? Like, the technology when- has come so far. Like, why, yeah. why aren't we? You gotta go with it. Yeah. When I first started there, like, Epic just came to be a thing at that hospital. And so I got – it was, like, all the older nurses – and they were like, I hate this epic. Meanwhile, I'm like figuring it out like right away. And they're like, I miss paper charting. I'm like, no. No, thank no. you. Oh, there was a, there was, it was New Year, it was um, Daylight Savings Night. I was doing mm-hmm. night shift that night. And um, they were going to have downtime anyway for it, but they had an unexpected like system wide shutdown of epic. My hallway that I was in, it was all, like, younger nurses, like, 25 and younger, 26. None of us knew how to paper chart, so all the older nurses had to come over and teach us at, like, <laughs> 2 in the morning. That's hilarious. It was hilarious. Because we had no – they had no idea when it was coming back on. And it, it did before our shift was over, so we just back charted. But, like, we were all like, what if we have to do this for, like, a couple days? It was a complete meltdown that night. I've had that happen to me too. It's hard. Like, it's just not, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, the flow of it. Like, everything, I don't know. It's weird. And like, it's giving like one beds. of those old, like, roadmaps. Like, oh, yeah. It, you just keep opening. Like, it becomes it's ginormous. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and everything, like, it's it's marked with a symbol. There's like a key at, yep. on the side, and it's like, use a triangle for this, and then use the shaded in triangle for that. And I was like, what are we doing here, you guys? This is like, hieroglyphic. No, thank you. I don't think I've ever done it. So, yeah. Not gonna um, Yeah, you're not missing anything. Um, it is really annoying. <laughs> it's eye opening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of the older nurses are like, oh, yeah, I just miss paper charting. And I'm like, what? Why? That's crazy. Not for me. No, thank you. Um, okay, 15 minutes in. I think the ice <laughs> has been it. broken. <laughs> ice usually. has been broken. <laughs> usually we do a little icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I shattered the ice. You shattered the ice. great. <laughs> Coming so in hot. Freaking sledgehammer. I said, I- okay. Would you rather have a four baby pot assignment with one discharge and be precepting or have a two to one on the critical side with a really unstable HIE baby and be precepting? I don't know. I mean, they both have their benefits, like feeder growers on like a ch- more chill side. It's a lot easier it's more manageable i mean there's four kids but there's not a great chance that something crazy will happen um and a discharge that just means another kid's out of the way but um like so you're more busy that way i guess um it's just not as crazy in that way and then um like a more critical thing you're maybe doing a little bit more just observing and monitoring um, but you have to be ready to jump in. So, but to answer your question, um, I would rather not precept, but <laughs> I think the reality is that me. Lisa and our unit, we're starting to have one, like me and a few of my friends are having to take, not yet, but we're in a few weeks, we're probably going to have to take some people to precept, at least on like a stable side. Wow. Which is garbage. Wait, so which yeah. which one did you pick? It cut out. Um, I guess the the critical side. Okay. Okay. Just cut that. Just you cut can just really tell how pure you are because you started out your answer by saying, Well, I mean, they both have their benefits. I know. <laughs> so cute. I mean, there's some I'm days. Like, fuck that shit. <laughs> there's 
for me, like I grew up, like I grew up in quotes, like in the NICU, like I started out on a staple side where you were just doing feeder growers, mm-hmm. like when I was doing my internship. And then when we started back, like when I started as a nurse, you start on that side for a few weeks. So I had it like down pat. So I'm, I don't mind having like more like just chill feeder grower babies. They don't yeah. mind me, but it also depends on your mood. Like the last two night shifts, thank God I had some like a two to one assignment, like to keep me a little busy um, and just, you know, giving meds and like getting x-rays, all that stuff and put, like putting in an IV. Um, because if I had to sit in a giant room with like three babies who all need to be bottle fed and they take 30 minutes to eat, I think, tell me. I, I think I'd go crazy. It just depends on my mood that day when I come into work. And then hopefully my assignment is reflected that way. But sometimes it's not. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of the just... NICU is that like some days you're going to have like actual critical care and then other days you can snuggle kids and feed them. And yeah, I, like I that. think that like level three is like the best level mm-hmm. NICU. Like if I had like t- feeder growers every day, oh my God, I don't know what I do. But yeah. if I had like, a trained kid on ECMO and like ECMO, I think I'd be like, oh, okay, I don't know. I, I definitely am not ready for this. Even when they're more stable you know? in a level four, sometimes they're just old, you know? Old. Like, yeah. it's not hard. They're just, it's just a different population. They're just like looking at you and they want, they have their rattles. I mean, you know, because sometimes hospital in Pittsburgh <laughs> has like a little bit of older kids, but usually they get sent out before they get to be Yeah, toddlers. the longest. <laughs> The longest kid I had, he's he's like home now and everything. And he was he ended up going to our children's like NICU for like two weeks. They just did like a, a swallow test and he turned out to just need like thick and feeds. He was there for six months. Okay. Um, but he's doing great now. That's like the longest we've had a kid there. I haven't seen a kid longer. Like the older nurses have said, Oh, we've had kids who were like almost a year. I was like, Okay, well, I well, haven't that seen was that a yet. long time ago. Karen. Yeah. Um <laughs> Karen, Beth. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, I don't know. I get pulled up to newborn nursery sometimes. Not much because we have a lot of, tra- we have some travelers right now who get bumped there instead. Okay. Um, for the most part. But um, even just going up to newborn and trying to swaddle a newborn for me, it's like mission impossible. Like, these kids break out of these swaddles. Maybe I'm just, I don't do a tight enough swaddle, I guess. I don't know. But you got a straight I've had background. kids just rip apart. Yeah, literally. Like, They're I built different. just like rip apart a swaddle. Term babies are built different. I guess so. I just have hulks for like the newborn history. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I've worked in both like level three and level four. And like, I don't know. Level four is just a different breed. And I know a lot of people like it, but yeah, you start to have toddlers. Yeah, it's a great experience. Like if and when you decide to travel, don't let it scare you, you know. Um, but it's great. It's good experience. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't like if I were to like settle down in a NICU, it would not be a level four. But that's just my preference. But yeah, like you said, like tons of people um, – love it and they're like oh level threes are so boring or whatever and i'm like i don't really agree but that's fine i don't I mean i've only ever experienced a level three um so i guess i shouldn't be judging too much on other nikki levels but i'm i guess i'm just like an old soul literally if i could start somewhere like when i was working at my community hospital during school my little like unit of people like we became so close yeah and I get like nested in somewhere and then like even now like I'm nested so it's kind of hard for me to like break away it's oh, family don't. can I tell you can I tell you what a mom said to me last night please let's hear it so I had this girl mom's rooming in um she's like breastfeeding um but I had her the first night and then last night I had a different, like a different kid on my assignment, but I came and like said hi to mom and she was talking to me and she said, I was telling the nurse that we have tonight, like, uh, you were so funny. And like, you acted like you were 30 or 40 years old 
but you look so young. And I said, oh, ha ha. And then I walked out of that room and I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, what, what does that mean? <laughs> How do you Asking act when you're 40? Like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't see that I at mean, all. maybe you seem like you like knew your shit and you were just yeah. like cracking jokes like it was no big deal. Like you can – I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think – I have no idea if she meant like just like how I was with her and the baby or just like how I came off as like a 40-year-old mom. <laughs> That's so funny. People <laughs> say the weirdest shit like honestly. You're like, how am I supposed to take that? I'm so confused. You're like, yeah, I'm 23, and I guess I have the like mental capacity of like a 50 year old woman watching Bravo. I'm basically (laughs) my mother. (laughs) I love it. I mean, yeah, you're like, oh, thanks. I'm actually 23, not 40, but um, (laughs) you should have said you. You should have said I'm so glad you think. But yeah, actually, thank you so much. Though I've had a, a little bit of Botox, but. I mean, I do have Botox now, but if I, yes. hopefully I look like this at 50. I mean, I'll take it. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, you were God. telling me about that, that you were going to get some Botox. I forgot. And Oh, I'm on my, my Botox journey. I love it. Would recommend? My forehead. Yeah, it's great. I love it. My friend does it for me. She's she's like 30-something, so she's been a nurse for a while. I trust her. Um, she does it out of her house super cool i hang out with her kids and like, <laughs> we just like watch movies and then she like puts botox in my forehead and then we just hang out that's awesome wow. I need yeah. some of that shit i know i'm 30 and i'm i'm inching towards so maybe i need some just a little bit we can do a botox party at my friend's house all right Great. we'll come to pittsburgh I'll fly out. yeah please do mm. you guys need to come it'd be fun well, i'll be back in the fall like back back for a bit you are yeah because my boyfriend is finishing grad school at cmu so Mm -hmm. um he has one more year so once i finish this assignment or earlier depending on how these events play out but um i'll be back (laughs) and i would love to come as a traveler too um but i think i have to wait till the spring yeah i um we're starting so we have which I'm why I'm precepting is because the my first so I just celebrated my first year like full year in the NICU like a few weeks ago. Congrats, and my friend and I. Thank you. <laughs> um, I sat down with my friend who I went to nursing school with, and then she came to the NICU with me. Um, we sat down one day. We had some downtime, and we listed out all the people who have left just trying to see how many people and it was like 30 plus we like lost track at 30. So I don't know why they decided this, but we have like 22 or 24 new grads starting. That's so basically, it's basically just like, um, babies teaching babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not, I don't feel like super cool about, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm just said, I'm, and a few of my friends I've talked to who are in the same boat as me, we all like agreed that like if they try to move us to like a critical assignment, that's like a no go. Yeah. You definitely have to have your boundaries, I feel like. I mean, not that you're not capable, but it's just well, I don't know. even if I felt capable like even if I I feel capable by myself for the most part. I mean, there's certain days I'm like, Well, this is crazy. But um and Every day is like a new thing. I keep learning stuff. Like yeah. every single day I'm learning something, even if it's like a little thing. I'm like, oh, cool. Um, so even if I was like super confident, I don't, I don't, I know, would know in my heart that it's like not right. Yeah. To precept on a critical assignment. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, like, sorry. In, no, that, yeah, that's like insane. I feel like they, my unit when, that I started at, they wouldn't let us precep for like two years. And then it was only on, yeah, like level two feeder growers. Um, but I've definitely been on units where like everyone starts precepting after a year and you're like, yeah. okay, 
Um, Nowadays, they don't have a lot of options. It's either the the new grads. And when I say new grads, I mean even like you, like people who have like a year or travelers. I mean, that's what the units are made up of nowadays. Yeah. There's like Like no – Like all the older ones are retiring. Yeah. We had like 20 travelers or – it was crazy for a while. That's but nuts. Like you were saying, um, like before when I first started, the the gold standard was two years. Like mm-hmm. it was unheard of. Like this is really unprecedented for us that we have to like pick up some people. Yeah. And there's but, one. Um, it's just crazy. Gonna, yeah. I was going to say like there's <laughs> one thing to like precept a new grad after a year of experience, but – or. I mean, I feel like I started doing like like a nursing student or like a traveler just like helping orient them to the unit. Yeah. Um, I feel like those things are like, eh, I don't love having a nursing student. But like even now, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but like, yeah, travelers, like you can show someone around because they already know what they're doing. But like, yeah, right. like brace up to brand new nurse. You're like, um. I didn't know what I was doing at that point. Like what? Yeah, there's just so much patho and stuff too. You know, like a lot of the stuff comes with experience and like not – yeah, like – oh, we were just talking about this in our last episode, Em. Like we were saying how like when you're a new grad, you're kind of – or like that first couple of years, you're kind of just like doing tasks. Like you're – you are – you know how to do everything. You know how to string lines. You know how to do – put an IV. Like – you know how to do things, but then like the more like critical, at least this is how my brain was working, but like the more like critical thinking piece and like, like, okay, this kid is doing this and like, I'm able to recognize that. And I'm able to see like, they probably need this done or like, we should probably check this. Like that comes later for me. I mean, that's also why we have very competent, hopefully, um, providers. Um, but like, I think that's important to teach like when you're, when you're precepting a new grad because they are starting at, you know, zero. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm working on now. It's yeah. like, like you said, like, I feel really good about most tasks. Like, lines are like no problem. Yeah. And like IVs, we're working on it. I've gotten a couple, but I'm still not the best at it. Yeah. Um, but that just comes with time, I guess. But yeah, definitely. When it comes to like, identifying specific like symptoms of stuff like I can identify if like a kid like has a pneumo or something like DSATs and stuff all like stuff like that um but specific patho for most things I'm still working on being like oh yeah that looks like that I'm like Mm -hmm. "Mm -hmm." and like trying to teach that to someone else is really hard impossible yeah and I guess I guess the like stable kids where I would be precepting. I guess it's just a foundation, so it's not a whole lot of patho, but still it's a lot of responsibility even over there because yeah. like when you're starting over there, it's the foundation where like you're building off of. So if someone is teaching something that is correct, but they're explaining it in a way that I guess isn't completely accurate or they do it as uh, they do it correctly, but it's a slightly different way of what we're used to, or it's a little off. Like they're teaching that to somebody who's going to take that into their practice. And then I'm probably not explaining that. Right. But like, I'm afraid of teaching someone something and then they take it with like on their practice. And then there'll be a mini version of you. I mean, if they're learning from you, yeah, I don't need a second version of me. That's too much. <laughs> it, but you're so right. It is so much responsibility. It is. And like and too, like even though the pot assignments are generally easier, generally feeder growers and all that, if you still have to think about full picture, like, okay, where did these kids come from though? Like if this is a this was a twenty five weeker at some point and this was this was a kid that we had on the critical side, like it's something that like I'm I'm sure the like plug clicks like like I'm sure it did for for you. I know it did for me at some point where I'm like, oh, like I mean, you know, you know that like okay, I get that this kid was born early, but then like, you know, you see what a 25 weeker actually looks like and then you're able to like be like, okay, like this is kind of like the course and like this is kind of how it it goes and what happens. Um 
yeah, I think for a while I was just kind of like, okay, like, I don't know, just going about my tasks rather than like looking at it like from a full picture. Sorry, that was a rant, but hopefully that made sense. No, like that's how I'm kind of feeling. And it's kind of like, I, when people have asked me, like my nursing friends who aren't in the NICU, they're, or my friends just in general asking about my job, I'm always like, there's that old saying of like, oh, nursing school teaches you for like, gets you ready for the first six months of like work. And I'm like, F that because nursing school had taught me nothing about preemies, micro preemies, anything oh, like yeah. that. Barely Even about our babies. Class. Yeah, our PEDS class was yeah, so hard like, and mm-hmm. nothing about babies. No. So it's literally, it's like, oh, it, it doesn't prepare you for anything. Like you're going into this like completely blind. Yeah. Because it's just a completely different world from any other type of nursing. So it's you, everyone's starting on the same level. Yeah, 100%. The only thing that could help you is like either being like a tech or something on, on NICU or like even what you did at least like you were were you a were you a PCT or a CNA on that um, on oh, that floor before? Like when at my community hospital. Like yeah, like when you were turned yeah, into I was a COVID a, I was person. A, I have a I was a PCT. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like even that, it's like so different than NICU land, one hundred percent. But at least like you're getting that like experience in the hospital because I feel like clinical is only does it's like once a week or whatever. Like you only get so much, and the nurses you're yeah, with um, only let you do so much. Um, how much clinic? How many clinical days did you have? Like in school, do you remember? Like, because we had like none. We had like one a week, and I um, did nothing. <laughs> I like. I'm just I, curious. I love to hear like other nursing schools things because yeah. some schools they go like, oh, every day. I'm like, I couldn't imagine, especially like the last semester. I want to say we had it either once or twice a week. Like it wasn't a ton. Uh. It was, I feel like my, I did do a capstone, um, but I, and I think that one might've been twice a week, but honestly, I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to like, that was such a weird question, but. No, no, it is. It's really interesting to see how the, yeah, different schools are structured. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, there was a kid that I went to school with and he was so book smart. He was like the top of our class and I had a clinical with him. He was terrified to talk to anyone. Yeah. He works in sales now, I think. So, like, really? I'm happy for him. Yeah. Like, he does, like, I think he works for, like, a drug rep or something, as a drug rep or something. But um, he's like, can you come in with me? And I was like, oh what is gosh. wrong with you? Dude, I think yeah, that's typical for doctors, too. Like, they're so yeah. smart. And, you know, like, they may know all the facts and, like, understand the patho and all that. But then – not all of them. Some of them are like absolutely fantastic, but a lot of them sometimes don't have that like, like social skills, you know. Mm-hmm. And and they're all they can't. They don't know how to talk to the rest of the team. They don't know how to talk to the families and stuff. So, yeah, I feel like to be a good nurse, you have to have both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I we I feel like they don't really teach you that though in nursing school, like how to like communicate with your patients. I don't know. I felt like I would get really nervous when I was on like adult units. Like I didn't, I was a literal baby being like, hi, I'm your nurse. Like I'm going to tell you what you need to do. And I was like, I literally don't know what to say to you because I feel ridiculous. Yeah. I feel ridiculous. Um, But they don't really teach you what to, I don't know. No. Sometimes I think it just comes with experience too because I felt the same way even just starting in NICU. Yeah. I felt embarrassed because like especially when I was a 22-year-old new grad, I, I looked young. Like and, – and it's like that reel that I made. But like people really did like ask me like, oh, so how long have you worked here and stuff like that? And I felt like embarrassed and I felt like mm-hmm. they don't trust me with their baby or I don't look old enough or maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And and the worst was like if I didn't know something and I'd I'd be like a little kid and I'd have to be like, um, let me go ask a friend. Like and I just like run out and like ask somebody. Yeah, that I feel that's my core. I'm 
I don't do it as much anymore, but mm-hmm. especially when parents ask like really niche questions, I'd be like, let me go ask one of, let me go ask Karen who's been here for 30 years. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> um, hold that thought. Um, <laughs> go ask my pod. Maybe. Oh, we- let me go check on that. Let me go, let me go double check. See yeah, what's going on with that. Be right back. I want to tell you the wrong information, so I'm just going to skedaddle right on out of here. You know, I'm not entirely sure, so let me just, <laughs> let me read up on that. Give me a second. Yeah, and like what's the medical journals? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Googling. Well, we have this like on our unit, we have this binder that's like full of different like disease processes and just like like ROP and like HIE, stuff like that. So it's a great resource for us. Um. But definitely whenever you're like put on the spot it, and it hasn't happened since pretty much the first couple of months I came out for orientation. And yeah. even if I feel I'm more, I think now, even if I don't know hundred percent what it is, I can identify like, per, like a basis of it. And then I can, I know how to respond to the parent be like, you know, what, I'll bring, I'll like let you know some more stuff in a little bit. And they're usually yeah. pretty chill about that. Like if yeah. you don't come off like super stunned, then the parents are like pretty chill. Like, yeah. Okay, whatever. How has it been for you, like, as one of the only male nurses in the NICU? Like, has that been a thing at all, or has it been not real? Like, you haven't noticed um, any discrimination or anything like that? No, I mean, I've never like no one's ever really said anything to me about it. None of the That's like good. when I was a when I was a PCT like with adults I got a lot more like crap mm. um and a lot more questions about being a male like becoming a male nurse They're like oh why are you becoming a nurse or whatever which is so stupid and such like, a weird question and dumb. yeah so like per- and they would just ask most like personal questions I'm like that's too much but especially in the NICU I think that like I've been treated really nicely and um we don't have a lot of guys. I know we're a few are starting, but yeah, we're treated like everyone else. Good. Just, That's great. I'm just treated like a bright eyed little, you know, little new nurse. Little baby nurse that you are. So cute. I'm glad to hear that. Um, not, I'm not asking this because of your gender, but I am curious, like why you did decide to become a nurse. Cause I do like to ask everybody that. Oh, Okay. I'm not gonna ramble. Basically, <laughs> I got into Duquesne, um, and I was I was undeclared because I wanted to be like a newscast reporter, Ooh, okay. glamorous. Mm-hmm. And then I I sew and stuff a little bit on the side, so I wanted to do stuff in fashion. And then I was considering nursing, and then there was like a Facebook group where you could like find roommates or whatever. And this really cute guy, like I was like, oh, like hi, I'm going to school for nursing. And I was like, oh, my God. So then I fully went into nursing school to, like, with the mindset that I was going to, like, marry this guy, which is not the good, like, best reason to go in. But I love he, ended up going to a different, <laughs> he ended up going to a different school before oh we even gosh. moved in, like, before, like, we had to declare anything. And I had already, like, even though he had decided he was going to leave us, like, no, I think nursing would be good. And then as soon as school started, I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, just me, like, falling for, like, this random guy, like, led me to nursing. And, you know, I just take, I I do the dumbest things, but I'll, I just think the universe gives you signs. So, yeah, I think that I was meant to, like, be a psycho. <laughs> and no, then, I love that. You've just, you know, like, fallen into, into everything. Yeah, you kind of just, like, were like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do nursing because of this really cute guy. And then the NICU nursing thing was kind of just, like, fell into your lap, too, and you love it. That's so cool. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of things have just, like, happened, and I kind of just go with it. That's a great so way to be. I just – I think when I was trying to force that, like, oh, I'm going to marry this guy. so um, funny. I, I was – the universe was like, no, just – just go with the flow and I, I really haven't tried to like push and like force anything into existence yeah because it just works out which I don't know that's just how I am I guess that's I love it I mean that probably was a really good trait to have during nursing school um in COVID <laughs> like oh, I yeah, feel like just flexible. being able to go with the flow like what I 
What was that like? Like talk a little bit more about, yeah, being in nursing school during the pandemic. So literally leading up to us being told we have to pack up and go home. We had two days to pack and everything to leave. Like up until like a day or two before then, we had classes like normal. They weren't really talking about us maybe going home. And then when we went home, obviously none of the professors really knew what to do. I mean, they were able to adjust with Zoom pretty quickly and we adjusted our our syllabus and our curriculum. Um, so that was interesting. The, the, the 2020 like spring semester was really hard just because none of us kind of knew what we were doing. Like trying to take tests from home were impossible. Yeah. Like, I would walk from my dorm to my like my classroom to take an exam. So I'd get to blow off some steam doing that. And instead I was walking like six feet from my, my bed to my desk. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like a person who has test anxiety, but it got really bad, which is not the norm for me. What semester was so, that like of school? Like what? That was spring of 2020. Yeah. But like so what, what, were you what, a junior? Part, like what part oh, of it? Sorry. Um, I was a junior. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's like it was, the hardest um, year. That's like farm, yeah, patho. So, oh my gosh. Ad- yeah. Adult, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, well, I don't remember. I, I think a lot of like our specialty classes were in the, the fall, but it was like um, geriatrics was the big one. I think that semester, like a few random moments I can't remember, but um, yeah. So that first semester at home was really hard. And then um, we got to do that like split thing, like in the fall for my senior year. So you could like go in person one day and be online the next um, and I tried that for about a week and then I gave up and I just stayed on zoom and I felt a lot better about like taking tests from home. And so I adjusted pretty quickly and I think a lot of us did. Um, I just think that like the first semester of that was hard, Yeah, yeah. but taking and- those exit exams were like psycho being at home because you have to do like the lockdown browser. Oh my and God. You have to show all, you have to take your computer and like show them your room oh my god like hide hide a wall clock and like you can't have any posters or anything up and like nothing on your desk it was psycho I have to do that um I'm taking biochem right now online and I have to do lockdown browser for all of my tests so my (laughs) desk is behind me there's shit all over it like I have to clear all of that off every single time like even everything underneath I put pile it over in the corner here and then I have to like show the room and like it's just it's such a fucking pain and I asked the professor I was like do I have to take everything off like the bottom of my desk like and he was like yeah it's like okay so wow it's great yeah and tech tech issues with that was really hard because my computer is like really old i'm on my mom's computer right now (laughs) but um love it uh but like i had to use my computer like my mac and it's so old um so i would always have a problem like get connecting to the server like to because you Mm. have like a someone watching you so like a proctor so you have to connect to them oh my god like connecting to them was always a problem i would my exam would be at 10 and i wouldn't get on until like 11 15 11 30 <gasps> oh that's so like stressful it was, it was a pain in the ass especially with like exit exams we had to take like three or four exit exams what does that to mean graduate and like so, the finals um no so we have like you have your own finals or whatever, but we had like our own special class. Did you have like ATIs or like Kaplan? Yeah. yeah. So there was, I guess there were like Kaplan tests or whatever. Um, Duquesne had a similar thing. It was called a HESI, and um, you had I've to take like three or four. Yeah, you had to take like I'm three or four. Having PTSD. Yeah, I just <laughs> you didn't think about that word in a while. <laughs> um, and. During, um, sorry, um, oh, that's um fine. but during, but like when, before COVID, like you would take them in the classroom and yeah. especially cause you had them for like farm and like all this stuff. But then at, when you're about to graduate, you take a couple oh, and they used to do them. I'm assuming like Hannah, you did it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to do mine on my desk. Just, oh my God, fuck like, that. 
my legs were like shaking. It was crazy. Wow. Just because it's such a big exam and then you're just staring at like your mess of a room because all your crap is cleared off your desk. (laughs) They still have like the high passing score. Like you have to get a certain score to pass the class basically is how it was when I was there. Is it the same? Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think you need like, there's like a biggest total of like nine, you need to get like a 900 to pass and you needed to pass like two or two out of three of them or something. And so I got like, I got like my my two my first two tests I passed and then I said all right I don't care about this last one I really just was like let's see what I can do without like practicing or studying yeah oh my gosh stress it was a trip yeah I mean like COVID itself was so stressful and I can't imagine the stress of that on top of on top of it that's that's a lot go ahead sorry sorry no you're good oh you're good I was just gonna ask like did you guys still have clinicals or was that just kind of like on hold um hmm. so i think if i'm remembering correctly i have like a goldfish brain sometimes um when we went home obviously when covid first started we had no clinical and then um i think that fall you did every other week so like you were in if you're in group a you'd go like weeks one three and five and then if you then the other group would go. But the weeks that you weren't in clinical, you had to do, do stuff online. It was like a case study. Mm, case I never want to see another. Yeah. And we had to do these care maps. We had the, I had this one professor for my last clinical rotation in the spring. And the weeks that you were off, you had to do like three care maps. He would, he would open it at like 7 a.m. And he had to submit it by 3 and like trying to do that, it was awful. We all were like, we can't do three care maps in like this amount of time. That's ridiculous. So he's like, okay, which I haven't seen a care map since. So I said, what was the point? Correct. Right. But, <laughs> but like, I just still don't, I still don't get that. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the only way to learn how to become, uh, I mean, I think any nurse, but you know, since we're talking about NICU, but a NICU nurse is to literally be on the floor. A care map is not going to do anything. A HESI doesn't even do anything. Like I almost – I passed that NCLEX on my first try, but I was like one of those people that got ev- all the questions, and I was convinced that I failed. But like I'm bad at oh tests. Oh, God. You got all yeah. 265. I, I would have literally pooped my pants. I, I was the last one up. sitting in there, and I – and it was like the last five questions. Like I was like – I remembered them for a while. I don't remember anymore. But I was like – I could – like visualize the bar in my head and I'm thinking I must be like right there like getting one wrong getting Mm -hmm. one right and then like they just don't know and I guess I got the last couple right but yeah I mean like tests suck like I mean yeah I don't know being a nurse is like it's about yeah the in-person learning I don't know I learn by doing that's how I learned but whatever and that's the thing about I think that's the problem with COVID and I I'm interested to see what nurses like these new nurses who are coming in who had to be in school longer through COVID, mm-hmm. like, like learning, we didn't, I felt like we didn't learn as well as we would have in person. Yeah. And that was basically because like when we went home for COVID in 2020, like it was, there wasn't a whole lot of, it was mainly like presentations and like finals left. There weren't a lot of like content to go over, but that last year of school, I don't think I learned that much. So when it came to the NCLEX, I was like following, I was listening to all this, like these different lectures and stuff. And I learned the most from those lectures that weren't from my school than I did in school. And that's how I was able to get through my NCLEX. Wow. And I can't imagine these kids who are, have been in like basically COVID college for like two years. And I don't know how that's affected their learning or not. Yeah, that's so true. But I guess the NICU is like, like we said earlier, like it's a completely different beast. So like you learn on the job. So I mm-hmm. guess it's not like too bad, but it's definitely something that like I like was thinking about just like, oh, I wonder how much they like have learned. Yeah. It's a completely different experience for sure. I mean, yeah, that wasn't COVID wasn't even a word that we knew when we were in nursing school. Mm-hmm. Have you had COVID yet? Like, no, I've never had COVID. Oh, wow. I worked a COVID unit. Like, 
I've been around everyone. My sister and my mom both had it at one point. Um, and I've been living, I'm moving next week to be closer to work. Oh, yeah. I'm that dedicated. But, That's exciting. Um, <laughs> Are you going to be um, a Bloomfield boy? Yeah. Well, technically friendship. Okay, but yeah. cute. Yeah. Um, so I've never gotten COVID or whatever, but he said that, uh, he said I have walking, um, walking mono. And I was like, what is that? He's like, basically, like the mono virus is like still like hanging out in my body, I guess. Mm-hmm. So whenever I get I sick, you always I manifest have it. more. Like, yeah, you do always have mono it. Symptoms. Dormant, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a ticking time bomb, I guess. Wow. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I'll probably get that again before I get COVID. Right. Well, that's a good thing. Probably. Yeah. People are getting pretty sick from it again, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, we didn't have COVID kids for, like, COVID rollout kids for a while. And then we have, like, I think four kids right now who are in isolation. Oh, shit. Like, we had one of our critical hallways in, like, February. Was every, be- every room was in isolation. Yeah. Um, I was so it's picking still up again. there at that point. And I – well – yeah, right around New Year's, like, is when all the nurses seemed to have it. Mm-hmm. I got it then. Yeah. And I had it, like, I was working New Year's Eve. And I was like, I don't feel right. I know I have it. And I sent myself home and I and I did have it. But it was like all the nurses had it. All the, the babies mm-hmm. were in isolation. It was it was so bad. <laughs> nope. And so bad. And have you had it? Yeah, I got it over Memorial Day weekend. It was, and Not that was fun. the first and only time that I've had it. And I was very, very, uh, I mean, I like knew my time was coming. I knew it, but um, it was for my neighbor yeah. next door. <laughs> she felt so bad, <laughs> but whatever. I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't be like boasting about it because apparently the universe always just works its way towards me. So <laughs> I shouldn't be, be talking about COVID all the time, like bragging. I know my it's, it's gonna come soon. Yeah. My boyfriend was like, Yeah, I just I don't know. There's no way I haven't had it. Like maybe I'm just I was just asymptomatic, whatever. Like there's no way. And then he got it in New York City, like in June, and he was really sick. And I was like, see, it came for you. <laughs> it's coming. Mm-hmm. I gotta shut my mouth about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, I feel like I'm going to get it again. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. This My coworker came to work today, like, and she was like, I looked at her and I was like, do you have allergies? Like, I could just tell in her face. And she was like, yeah, I think so. And I'm really tired. And she was just Ew. like, she ended up putting a mask on. But I was like, she was like, she was like, my nose is running. And I was like, why are you here? Like yeah, go, you're putting everybody else at risk. Go away cool. from me. I don't want to be around you. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. She's like, I think it's just allergies. And I was like, Do you have any rapid tests at home? And she was like, No. And I'm like, Okay. We keep having this problem with parents. Like we had to put sign up signs up now, especially in the pods. Kids are so close together. But um, like we have like parents just keep taking their masks off, and. We keep having to like we've like talked to certain parents like so many times about it. I'm like, you can't take it off. I mean, like I get it. I'm over masks, but like I also don't want to get sick, and I don't definitely want to want the kids to get sick. So keep your nasty face in the mask. Yeah, and it puts us in an awkward position to keep having to remind them. Like you're an adult, you should yeah. Like that's the rule. Just just follow the rule while you're there. We've been doing this for almost three years. Like get it together. It's not new. Well, a similar thing was like uh, a few months ago. I was in, I have a kid in private room, and these parents like had food out and they were like eating in this private room. And I didn't know how to approach them because I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I can't yell at them. I, I, I was like, I can't. I don't know how to do it. And um, a few nurses came in, like, and we're like, you gotta stop, you gotta stop. And then they eventually did. And then recently, I had a mom putting stuff in because we have each each private room has like their own little fridge for breast milk, and she's keeping like all her drinks in there. And I was like, you gotta move it. 
And there's like a family like fridge. Yeah, like, that's not what the breast milk fridge is for. And I literally had to, because I opened it to get her milk out. And I was like, what is all this? <laughs> there's like sandwiches and, like, and mustard. <laughs> there was like a Starbucks, like one of those glass Starbucks, like Frappuccino thing. Jeez. And I said, ma'am, you got to move this in your rock star to the fridge, like <laughs> out in the family waiting area. Get your rock star <laughs> out of the breast milk fridge. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am <laughs> Love it. i think that's the quote of the episode that's hilarious i love it do you think that you'll ever do travel nursing um well so fun funny story i'm gonna keep it short like i said keep talking and rambling but um i don't know i'm such a homebody that like uh i don't know if i ever would want to um but I get little inklings sometimes. And like, that's how I found out about the podcast. Cause I messaged Hannah and I was like, please tell me what it's like to be a travel nurse. And she's <laughs> like, listen to this episode. And I said, okay. Um, so yeah, sometimes I, I, I'm like, oh, maybe I want to do it. But I've, especially working at like my other hospital when I was in school, like that place, I loved my people there to death, but it was kind of a, a shit show, like all the time. And I f- feel fortunate enough that, like, our unit's not that bad. I mean, every place has its problems, but, like, it's, I personally don't think it's that bad. I've never worked in another NICU, so I don't know. Um, and I haven't had a reason to leave. I mean, I definitely want more experience, but even when I get it, I don't, I don't see, I don't have a reason to leave yet. Yeah. So I haven't got the travel book yet. I think maybe one day, yeah. I mean, I just started, so. You can I always follow in my will, footsteps. But... You can leave. You can come back. You'll yeah. always be welcome. It's not back. permanent. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I just need to tell myself that, like, if I if I were to go travel for a little bit, it's not like I'm like setting the place on fire and I can't come back. Oh yeah. Which I like convince myself every time that I think about it that like that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I get that. It's stressful. You feel guilty leaving but i would recommend at least taking one assignment in california if you ever get the chance because i think working there is like um it's super unique their ratios are super safe it's like it's different yeah than i was else. it's kush i was gonna ask like i was gonna say like i've talked to a few travel nurses we have now and they've been all over the place and like they've been to california and mm-hmm. they like love it mm-hmm. so i'm like maybe i'll become a cali boy yeah that'd be so fun you could just it's, bop around Cali. I've never lived anywhere else. Yeah. So I need mean, to go to Pittsburgh for a little bit. Yeah, I highly recommend just anywhere, even not, I mean, specifically California, but moving away from your hometown is so important. It's fun too. And if you decide to come back, you can come back. I don't know. It's cool how you can just kind of like, yeah. it can, you can ebb and flow and like pick it up whenever and it doesn't have to be permanent and everybody does it a little bit differently. Like I was a little chaotic about it with like, I went straight up from like New Jersey to San Diego, but you also don't have to be like insane. Like you could go to uh, Akron, Ohio, which is like two hours away and just like try something and get, and it's like good money too. But yeah. Oh, I know. I I keep hearing about, I've become really good friends with one of the travelers and she's actually, she's taking her MP exam this week. Um, So that's exciting. But um, she's like, yeah, you need to like you need to go travel, make some cash, and then we can like go on all of these trips. And I was like, yeah, probably. And I'd love to go on a trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, like, and then just take a month off. Nice. Like it's great. Yeah, <laughs> the schedule you can't casual month off. Oh yeah, yeah I took a casual five months off last year. It was amazing. That's crazy. Would recommend like the best way. Yeah, yeah. so good. So That's good. Awesome. Um, well, okay. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll be a travel nurse with you guys. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Go bop around. Do it. <laughs> so fun. Um, um, I think our last question is what advice would you give to new grad you? And also, what advice would you give to any new grads who are starting in the NICU? Um, to myself, I would just say I think I was really hard on myself during orientation. Um, yeah. not so much the beginning cause it was like a population of babies I was more familiar with from my internship, but 
especially when I went into more critical patients, like giving report if I like would miss something and I have to go back, I'd be so hard on myself. <laughs> yeah. Or if, like, like just, or like doing little tasks, like, and if I missed a step or like I kind of fumbled a little bit doing a procedure or something, I mean, the baby was fine, but uh, not that it wasn't anything serious, but if it wasn't like the exact right step, I get really hard on myself and then I get really pissed and like kind of just pissy at myself, which is like really looking back, I didn't really realize it at the time. I was like, but that's like not conducive to like learning. I mean, I learned from it, but I wasn't happy with it. I was kind of like forcing myself to be perfect Mm -hmm. right from the jump. And the whole point of orientation is to learn. Um, So that's what I tell myself is just to, understand that like you don't have to do one thing once and then be perfect at it like it's gonna take work and I mean I guess I would say the same thing to everyone coming into orientation who's a new grad like this is a completely different world from nursing school and um you're just gonna have to you know be really open to starting completely new and fresh and be like just open to learning Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, it's great. I feel like that's the shortest answer I've given this entire time. It was short and sweet. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. Let me just, can I tell you, you? Can I tell you one more thing? I know you have a meeting M at eight, so I don't want to hold you up. And you don't have to put this in the episode, but this is, I think, funny. I, I guess to myself, you know how you sound like you have a lower voice than you do when you speak. Um. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, sense. like when you hear yourself on like a recording, I fucking like, oh. hate listening to my voice <laughs> on this. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, I keep. I mean, I know I have a high voice, but when I hear it on a recording, I'm like, "Who is that? That person <laughs> sounds awful." And um, we had a we had a we had babies. Their parents were from like Nepal or something few months ago so we had like an ipad that was like a translator mm-hmm. you could call someone who was an interpreter and um these parents came in like literally of course at like the end of my shift so i'm trying to like tell them how their day was and every time i would say something to the interpreter they'd be like okay ma'am i'll tell them the entire it was like a 10 15 minute like interpreter thing and I'm sure they were using like female like pr- like nouns, being like, "Oh, he <laughs> did this today with your kids." While I'm standing there, like, <laughs> like okay, I hope like this is making sense. And um, yeah, oh, and man. then I was joking with some of the nurses later because every time that the interpreter said it, I wanted to die a little <laughs> bit inside. And then. I literally told my, so I said, hey, like, if I'm not making enough, like, with, with nursing, I can always become, like, a phone sex operator on the side. And she's like, hi, I'm Tiffany. Or, like, oh something, God. like, really stupid. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I feel like your, I mean, your voice is, like, not that high that I would no. think you were a girl. Um, I think that people well, just are. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, I'm, I mean, I feel like, it's a thing where like it's I've always had like to deal with that so like even like when I get like call people now or if I get a phone call they're like, oh hi ma'am or like whatever I'm just like okay I'm a, I'm a lady right now wow so, that's rad, crazy but it was it was just really funny like these parents were looking dead at me and they're like they're okay like, ma'am so I'll tell them they're probably like who was the nurse? It wasn't this kid. Yeah. You mean oh him? Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. You mean him the, the him with the fifty year old brain? Yes. Oh my gosh. That is that is a hoot. Like that that's such a weird <laughs> comment. Like, okay, thanks. So I feel like you need to you need to write down because like I think there's more. Like you need to write all these things down that parents say to you and that yeah, these that's experiences funny. because that's so funny. Yeah, and I keep having nightmares about work. Oh no! Which, I, I mean, it happened a little bit. It did happen a little bit at my first job, but I, this one happens way more often. I guess because I'm there more. But yeah, like this morning, I like woke up and I was like, "Oh my god, my baby!" Like, <laughs> it's Ken was 25, and I was like, "Why did I dream that?" Oh my god, I used yeah. to have nightmare dreams all the time. 
And I dreamt, it wasn't even like I dreamt I was at work. It was, I had left work this morning, went home, fell asleep. And then I got a call being like, um, his chem's 25, what's wrong? And I was oh my like, god. oh my god, what did I do? I forgot to feed him or whatever. No, like, just the, got an NG. You forget to feed a baby. I freaking hate that dream. I've had that dream, yeah. I've had dreams yeah. where I'm like kind of half in, half out. And I'm like... I know I'm home or I, I know I'm in my bed. I know I'm sleeping. But then I think my patients are with me and I'm like, I need to get up. I need to do the feeding. Like just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. It, just, it takes a while for that to go away, honestly. Yeah. And what was really weird was like when I was new, I would like first year or so, whatever, I was having the dream. Mm-hmm. And then they went away. Um, and then like when I took my five-month break – you know, I'm I'm a normal person. I'm just doing my thing. Going back to work in Pittsburgh, the dreams came back. Yep. Yeah. I feel yeah. So what you're telling me is the Nikki follows you. <laughs> it never leaves you. Yeah. It will always haunt That's crazy. You. So weird. Okay. Like as soon as you like not as soon as, but like when you came back, that's that's nice. Yeah, like I see, like I came, I I was off for a while, and then I came back to work, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm new again. Like I felt like I, there was a little bit of relearning that had to take place. So I guess like my brain was responding to that because it's a little traumatic, yeah. like all the alarms and stuff. I mean, you do get used to it, but it's, I mean, it's That's an intense job. Um, yes, Connor, thanks so much for coming on today. It's been a joy to chat with you. You're such a great guest. Yeah. Well, thank you really guys for having me. This Come back like anytime. Crazy. Anytime. I'm so sorry to, like... I ramble, but. No, no, no. It's, no, it's great. Next, if there it's is like... a next time you guys will have me, maybe once I'm like two years of a Nikki nurse or something. I don't we'll know. We'll check yeah. in every year. I'd love <laughs> yeah, to like. Every year on the yeah. I have so That'd many more so questions. Cute. So we'll definitely have you back on. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you yeah. so much. I'll see you. I'll see you soon, Han. I'll see you soon. I mean, yeah, we'll have to get lunch or something. Yeah, oh, hope that. Um, I hope you can come to Pittsburgh someday. I love to, to do a little wine like party chat or something. Ooh. I don't know. Oh my gosh, we can get we can be drunk and delirious. Love yeah, that. Yeah, both. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Bye, guys. My favorite company. Bye. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.